and not really being particularly good at it, I started Googling how to become a graphic designer, um, how to do logo design. This is Nicholas Rasmussen. He was at Teachers College in Denmark, then in 2010 left to get his bachelor's in design. And in Googling, found a website called Tuts Plus, started by a company called Invato. It's a platform to help you learn many skills and techniques for design, web design, and other related disciplines. I'm Courtney Carthy. This is season three of Scale Up from LaunchVic. We'll do that part in a minute, but for now, Nick has been studying at university in Denmark with the help of Tuts Plus. Now, one thing that's worth mentioning is that in Denmark, we try to combine theory with practical work. So half of your bachelor's degree is in an actual agency. Halfway through, I, I, was, uh, I found myself working at an agency. And they're like, Nick, you're a young guy. We don't do web design here. Have you ever worked with web design? I was like, no, I haven't. But I've read, I've read a lot about it uh, thanks to Tots Plus. I've learned a lot about it. Um, but I don't know how to, how to work with web design and with clients. So I went online again and was like, how to become a web designer, how to work with corporate web design. And this website came up, themeforest.net, which turns out to be an Envato product as well. So using the knowledge I had from Touch Plus, I started buying WordPress themes off of ThemeForest and customizing them for clients. And it was as if it all came together, you know. Here's Envato, they taught me everything I know from a theoretical perspective, giving me the means to deliver work for clients from a commercial perspective. It was interesting because it was like, okay, these people, they help me do what I want to do, and they help me monetize it as well. And, and I was just so thankful that they took care of my education and my profession all at the same time. I was in a span of four years. My grades went from from D's to A's, and I graduated finally in 2014 uh, with A plus and honors on my uh, on my examination card. And it was, to be quite frank, solely thanks to uh, to to Touch Plus under the Envato wing. So when my degree came to an end, I started watching these videos online called the Envato stories of people who worked for Envato and how they came to be there. And I was like, wow, if I could get hired here, I would wear that logo like a badge of honor. I knew they were a bootstrap company that bunch I had figured out on my own. Did not know that they were headquartered in Australia. That was more, uh, came more as a surprise because I thought a company this size would, surely they'd have to have a headquarters in Times Square, like why wouldn't they? But by the time I was ready to apply, I was like, if you guys are in Syria, I don't care. I'm gonna board an airplane and come work with you guys because I was just so thankful. Yeah, so my name is Nicholas Ben-Rasmussen. I work as a partnerships associate at the Envato Elements team. This is Scale Up with a season all about the incredibly unique and quite large Melbourne-based marketplace tech company that is Envato. I'm Courtney Carthy and Scale Up is thanks to LaunchVic, helping to build the ecosystem for tech entrepreneurship here in Victoria. There's plenty of great resources on their website, launchvic.org. Check it out while you're listening. 
Envato is sort of a lot of things at once, but it started out as an online marketplace called Flashden in 2006. Flashden sold Flash templates and other pre-made components so developers didn't have to start from scratch each time. And it worked. It's since born several other digital asset marketplaces. One is ThemeForest. It was ranked in the global top 100 websites, it's still in the top 500, and that drew some unwanted attention. We'll get to that in a later episode. Being up there makes you quite a target. Other names you might know Envato by are Audio Jungle, Code Canyon, Video Hive, Graphic River, Photo Dune, 3D Ocean, or like Nick mentioned, Tuts Plus. They've also created platforms to hire freelancers, build websites without code. They've bought a company that looks a lot like Canva, but is based in Mexico. They've got a subscription product called Elements, and that's the one that Nicholas is working on currently. It offers unlimited digital assets to subscribers, and they keep adding more. Envato has been called the biggest Australian startup you've never heard of. It's more than that, and it's not a startup. I've come to think of it as a spaceship that just happens to be situated on King Street in Melbourne at the moment. All ahead in this season of Scale Up, coming to you from Launch Vic over eight episodes. If you're enjoying the show, please leave a review where you're listening and share a link to the show with friends. So, Nick gets a job at Envato. But he's still in Denmark, and it's time to break the news. I had to tell my parents that my first job was on the other side of the planet, which was uh, terrifying. Because if I if I were to be further away, I would require the assistance uh, the assistance of a spaceship, right? <laughs> so I remember telling my mom, "Mom, I got a job." She's like, well, "You got a job? It's not too far away, is it? It's not in Copenhagen, is it?" Like. I'm sorry, Mom, it's, it's a little bit further away than Copenhagen. And uh, she just started crying and, and she was happy, of course, but, but my, my entire family was, you know, they, they, were, they were devastated. Um, I don't know if you've ever been to Denmark, but Denmark is kind of like the Shire and the Lord of the Rings. We've only got five million people and we've got plenty of land, nature and agriculture. Um, and we have a very tight ties in our family. so saying and waving goodbye to everybody to jump on a plane and fly on the other side of the world to sell wordpress themes wasn't something mom was particularly happy about thankfully nick's mother appreciates the discipline and understands what he's leaving to do he gets on a plane in denmark bound for the other side of the world uh, i flew to melbourne and i came to southern cross station in melbourne and i started walking up the up king street and it's interesting, I don't know if you've ever seen a celebrity in real life, but you get this idea that there's something off, you know, they just look like regular people. But when I came up the street and I saw somebody in an Envato t-shirt for the first time, I got these, you know, like, like uh, the, the hair was raising on my arms, like, this is really cool, they're actually here. Um, because I felt like, like these people were celebrities, you know, because for la- the last four years, these people had been, you know, what I aspired to do and where I aspired to be. And here I arrive, you know, Denmark has like four or five hours of, of, of daylight, if, if that. And here I arrive in this, you know, sun, sunny state and, you know, this multicultural city. It's a big contrast to 
the hillside landscape I grew up in, you know, with just 20,000 people in my, in my hometown. Such a vast, stark contrast, but uh, I definitely remember seeing the Envato uniform. Feeling, wow, these people are going to be my colleagues. In this episode, the practicalities and realities of hiring at Envato, hiring a whole lot of people, welcoming them to the company and inevitably watching some of them take off, perhaps to help with the starting of another tech company. I'm, hey, I'm Amber Johnson. I am the HR manager at Envato. Amber is the right person to ask about something I'd heard that's very subtle, but quite impactful to who Envato hires. Words like ninja and rockstar are no longer used in job ads. But just the lingo, you know, it would have been written by the people here and be like, yeah, this is what I would want to hear if I was going for a job here. The early change of writing more inclusive job ads created a higher probability a more diverse range of candidates would apply. People who might have fantastic skills to do the job well could be put off by having to consider if they were a ninja or a rock star, both of which are pretty subjective terms outside feudal Japan or a music festival anyway. But if you're a small, fast-growing company and considering what might attract you to a role, it's natural that companies seek out more of what's working already. That's natural when you're small, right? You're going to sort of go, great, well, how do we hire great people? What would I be looking for? Um, So then it's really shifting away from that of going, okay, it's not just about what I would look for in a job ad, like what actually includes everybody? What would what would attract, you know, a range of different people? And let's not narrow it with specific words or lingo that might um, feel like people, you know, aren't included in that group. They might be, they might be like, well, I don't know if I'm a ninja, but I really like to code or, you know, I don't know if I'm a rock star at this. And, and that could be based on their experiences, just who they are, their gender, their cultural background, you know. Um, so, yeah, there's some, some small tweaks that you do have to make to make sure you're reaching a wide variety of people. Starting at Envato is thorough too. The first week, your meetings are scheduled and set up in a Trello board when you arrive at your desk. There's a helium balloon waiting to let everybody know you're brand new. But perhaps the most daunting part of starting at Envato is the all-hands introduction in Nashville. That's the name of the meeting room. When somebody is new and they join Envato, uh, they introduce the whole company and all company meetings. <laughs> this is Lindsay Andrew, campaign manager. Which I was introduced four and a half years ago and it was quite nerve-wracking. So actually I can't imagine what it would be like being introduced now because we've grown exponentially. I sat in on an all hands and almost the entire hour was spent introducing new people. There used to be a lot more presentations, but with the hiring, now it's just a lot of introductions. You are joining a massive tech company with loads of remoters and you're standing at the front of the entire company and you've got often like hundreds of people on a screen. I don't know, maybe a hundred people in front of you or so. And your boss is standing up there introducing you and talking about three interesting facts about you or giving a bit of background so people get to know you and then come over and say hi. These days, yes, massive technology operation running down on King Street. But if we take it back a few years, several years, and think about what it took to grow the number of people working cohesively and competently 
there had to be a concerted effort made by people in and from outside the company. Gus Gollings is a development team lead and he explains. The truth is that we started out failing and we didn't know and we had to hire some higher powers to do the scaling. We couldn't do it internally. We sort of, the natural growth of the team and the skills of the team as it emerged from primordial soup, you know, that one dev in a garage, the classic uh, software story. Add another dev, add another dev, you've got a bit of money, then you're adding five to ten, you know, you get 20 devs in a room, you're all working on the same product, it's undifferentiated, you've got a backlog growing, people want features, the CEO wants features, but the marketing person wants features, and it, it's unwieldy. So the natural growth, even though it's that's how success is built, and that was the correct response and positioning at the time, is not correct for the future of a stable team that can have structure and maintain its value system as it grows. So it wasn't really until they employed program management, until they employed senior technical leadership um, to start to impose some larger organizational structures, skills which were non-existent inside the dev cohort inside Envato prior to them being employed in. So we talk about buying in DNA and at certain levels of scale we just no one's got experience managing 20 people in this team. So bring someone in who does. Okay, great. Now no one's got experience managing 100 people, so bring in someone who does. And buying in that DNA is often something we talk about with the larger important leadership roles is that like this is something where we need new skills. We, we don't know how to manage uh, teams of teams of teams. Um, we don't know how to slice and dice a, um, a software engineering team so that you get stability as well as feature delivery. It's one thing to need the talent, it's another to find it. And as Envato grows beyond 500 people, it increasingly needs more and more specialised skills for the increasing group of products. Enter specialist recruiter Annie Denton. Basically looking for talent outside of Australia that um, either doesn't exist here yet at all or exists in small numbers from really niche markets. Um, And so what I did when I moved to Envato was I took that same methodology and I'm now applying it to help scale to really sort of high growth areas for Envato and those are analytics and paid acquisition. Like Culture Amp from Season 1 and Redbubble from Season 2, Envato runs on Ruby, the open source programming language. Not because of any particular reason other than a very early engineer thought that it should. Others would be like, you know, Java engineers who can build a search engine, which is a really rare skill to find anywhere in the world. Data engineers would be another one, which is kind of this sort of layer that sits between pure software engineering, BI. It's the people that basically know how to build the pipelines that make it um, feasible to do good things with your data. A lot of senior engineering leadership as well within these open source communities, which makes it even harder because there's, you know, there are really niche talent pools that exist around the world that aren't by any means big. And they're also hyper competitive to attract talent in. Um, and then, of course, the the pool that you're looking at narrows even more as you get more senior. So um, there's kind of this like, I don't want to say unicorn, but really coveted skill set, which is the hands-on engineering leader. So someone who's inspirational, but still is keeping um, on top of trends in technology and able to dive into the code when they need to, so they can sort of be like T-shaped technologists, so to speak. T-shaped? That's the 
it's a word that gets thrown around or a term that gets thrown around a lot. You're an engineering leader and you're able to communicate across the business with like product managers, maybe the COO, of course the CTO, but then at the same time, you can get the buy-in of your engineers and your team members by um, diving into the code and being able to help them like look at new ways of doing things. Or um, I'm not a, I should know that I'm not a software engineer myself, but um, generally these are the kinds of qualities that you'd look for um, for these kinds of searches. And it's not a local competition to find talent. It's definitely global. Most of our team actually comes from other parts of the world. Um, our analytics director is Israeli. Much of the team actually is Israeli. We've just had someone move over from Berlin, who's originally from Latvia. Got a couple of Argentinians as well. Uh, so the reason that Victoria, which I don't want to say that there's, you know, that talent doesn't exist here, because I think the landscape for online businesses is increasing really rapidly. And so this will change and already is changing. However, the amount of online businesses that have really well set up or at least set up in a way that develops the skills that we're looking for at Envato, analytics functions, um, they're few and far between. And this is competitive worldwide as well. But there are certain hubs of technology, i.e. Israel, parts of Central Europe, the UK, and parts of South America as well, and of course the US, that just have larger pools of these companies or those markets are slightly more mature. So we have a better shot of attracting the right people from those markets. This financial year, I think we've got like 110 new open requirements. Um, so our headcount goals are really high and that's not taking into account attrition from memory. Don't quote me on that, but it's in the triple digits, the number of hires that we'll need to make or that we've had open. While the recruitment team is tracking down these rare skills from any corner of the world, another part of Invato is creating the skilled people that'll help at scale. Thanks to Mario Visic. Apprentice Developer Mentor. The Apprentice Developer Program is exactly that, an Apprentice Developer Program, and exclusively open to female applicants. We've got two different things we're trying to achieve with the program. The first thing we're trying to do is we simply can't hire skilled developers fast enough. We have quite a high bar for what we expect for developers here, uh, and uh, I think our I think we hire about 5% of all people that interview. So if you have 20 people through an interview process, we end up hiring about one at the end. There's no fixed length of time for the program, so it's person dependent. The first time we ran it, we had two people that were at a reason, a relative, uh, relatively the same skill level, and they learned at about the same rate. So you get people that might be more experienced or less experienced coming in, and people tend to learn at different rates. Uh, and so the first time it was about 11 months from uh, the start to the end. It seems like a pretty cool idea when you've got many other companies looking for similar or identical skills. Culture Amp, MYOB, Lonely Planet, Australia Post and a growing list of others are all competing in Melbourne for talent. Case in point, Jay, who's relatively new to Envato, he got the Trello board, the balloon and an introduction at the All Hands meeting also worked at Australia Post. Hey, uh, I'm Jay Hyatt. I'm the Senior Delivery Coach at Invato. Uh, I've actually had uh, quite a diverse background. I've worked in a um, medium, I worked at a company called Lonely Planet, travel travel guide there's company. There's a few people here from Lonely Planet. Yes, there's a few people there's, here from Lonely Planet. There's quite a few from Lonely Planet here. <laughs> My name's Adam Noonan. I'm the Marketing Director at Invato. Adam is also from Lonely Planet. 
but it's like that with a range of a range of companies here. MIOB. Yeah, I think there's a little bit of uh, if you go through MIOB, Lonely Planet, Seek, REA. You know, it's also not surprising. Melbourne's a relatively small small place as well, and I think also. You know, word gets out amongst alumni from from those organisations that it's a good place to work, and um, you know, it's a good way of attracting attracting talent as well. And now, culture apps taking from here. Yeah, and that happens as well. I think it's good that there's lots of you know great tech companies here that people can move around to as well. Yeah. Um, and you you know you can you can build a really good network of people um, across all of those organisations. Moving around is fine and it's an increasingly common thing in professional life. But in some cases it crossed the line that Michelle Ridsdale, Chief People Officer, wasn't going to tolerate. I couldn't get all the details but Michelle ended up in a conversation with somebody from another company who was unhappy with Envato as they were being quite proactive about bringing talent to the company. My message was that I'm not going to stop my team Um, proactively sourcing Um, and I wouldn't ask you to stop proactively sourcing because that is where the world is going in terms of hiring. Uh, However, I do uh, believe and commit to the people who uh, have left your organisation, who uh, have relationships with people there, uh, that role is not a recruitment role and therefore I will ask them to stop contacting people Uh, because if you're not in a recruitment role, then you shouldn't necessarily be tapping your old colleagues, you know. Uh, But there's no reason why you can't uh, provide intelligent insights into who's good and bad to your recruitment team and let them deal with it. Fair enough. It does beg the question, though, what's so good about working at Envato? If you look at all the data, what uh, the data tells us is that, you know, our benefits and flexible work is what people are attracted to and why people stay. So when you look at engagement survey results or, um, you know, sort of new starter results, it's all around uh, having the ability to work from anywhere around the world for three months of the year, work flexibly, whether it's from home, a cafe or, you know, interstate or, or whatever it is. So, But I also think Envato, the brand, people really identify with the sort of values and like the founder-led business. Uh, So when you compare us to other tech companies that that might be listed or have private equity involved or, uh, you know, um, different kind of structures, I think people really like, um, you know, this kind of founder-led business that's very strong values. A lot of this is squished up into a pretty snazzy video you see when viewing the jobs listed at Envato.com. Here's a snapshot. We take our values really seriously, and if you want to work at a place which actually tries to live by its values, then Envoto's about as good as it gets. They're not just a plaque on the wall that you know you happen to see if you walk past reception. They're things that are incorporated into our day-to-day lives. Diversity and making sure everyone's included and actually championing those values. Day one, uh, when I came to the office, they wear balloons hooked to my desk and I felt welcome. I just immediately clicked with people. There's no typical person at Envato, like everyone is different and everyone is made to feel part of the team. It doesn't matter where you work in the world, but you want a hub and Envato's hub is here in Melbourne. 
These and many other things we'll get to in the series have led to people simply coming back after they leave. Collis Taid is co-founder and CEO of Invato. Yeah, we have a bit of a tradition of, uh, like internally people call them boomerangs sometimes. Um, people leaving and then returning. Uh, we've had people leave and like come back after just a couple of weeks. Like, <laughs> be like, yeah, I'm going to try this other thing. And then be like, no, <laughs> that wasn't great. Um, through to, yeah, longer stints. We had one guy who came, left, uh, came, left, I think four times in total. Bryony Carnes, I'm the Customer Success Manager for Envato and I've been here nearly six years. Bryony isn't the one that's come and gone four times, but she has seen people come back. I think sometimes, you know, you think the grass is greener, but then, you know, you might walk out into, you know, a bit more of a corporate structure or, um, you know, just a different type of company that, you know, just runs very differently or whatever. Uh, and then I think you can quite easily go, Oh my God, what have I done? I want, <laughs> I want back into the nice, safe utopia. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think there can be a bit of that. Xavier Russo, we heard from him in the last season on Redbubble. He's at Seek these days. He also helped launch Envato Elements and worked with a boomerang. He was at Envato for a few years and then apparently um, decided to, to move on and try something else because that's all he'd, the only place he'd ever worked. And so he, he took some job somewhere else uh, and then apparently it was pretty short time, like maybe a month or less, came essentially crawling back to Collis going, can oh, please have my job back? Because <laughs> he realised what the real world was like <laughs> and decided that actually no, Invato was, was quite an amazing place. While there might be mid and large sized companies hunting for skills that Invato have, Ben Long, the uh, community marketing manager for Envato, says there's a growing number of startups in Melbourne who are reasonably successful at competing for talent. People that I've worked with at Envato who move off to work in other companies, half the time I haven't heard of the companies that they're moving to before. Uh, you kind of jump on Google and have a look and go, oh wow, they, actually <laughs> they're growing really fast. They, they didn't exist a year and a half ago. It's becoming more of a normal thing that um, you don't know all of the all the businesses that are in town and I think that's a good thing. I reckon we'll, we'll probably see a lot of the small businesses um, that start up kind of fail or rename or pivot into, into other things, uh, but there'll be people who can jump across from one business to another and build a, a decent career or a decent portfolio out of all sorts of smaller pieces of work. Layla Ford is the Global Product Manager at Seek. She's based in Melbourne on St Kilda Road, just out of the CBD where Envato is. Apologies for the background noise. We spoke at a cafe in the base of one of the office buildings on St Kilda Road. We went from having all hands sessions around the pool table to an atrium <laughs> and um, having to learn how to handle that growth and how to maintain that culture that we'd, we'd got to each new person was hard work and um, new people who joined found it really difficult because they felt like they were on the outside for a long time before they felt part of the culture but then once they were in that was it like they never remembered that they were ever out you know oh, wow. <laughs> yeah um, such a strong culture and you know I don't know if, um, I don't mean this as a, a negative but it was a bit like the Borg you know in Star Trek where you sort of 
become assimilated and then you never look back because now you're part of it and you're happy because you have all these shared souls um, who are like your family and um, I actually really grieved for Ngato when I left. Um, it took me probably six months to really move on emotionally because the sense of um, care between people is real and genuine. Um, and so it felt like when I was going to work, I was going to work with people who I genuinely give a shit about and they give a shit about me. And if someone saw me, even though I was very senior, if someone saw me looking a bit down, they'll give me a hug. Like, <laughs> you know, and we would play guitar at stand up um, and my daughter would come in with me every now and then and they would take her out to play basketball in the court. Um, she still misses them now. When are you going back to that old company, she'd say. <laughs> um, you know, so there's just this like backdrop of safety and security and care um, that made all the difficult parts and the uncertainty much easier to deal with. Remember Nicholas from the start of the episode? So I remember telling my mom, Mom, I got a job. I was talking to Mario Cuba, one of the developers, about some of the unlikely things he's seen at all hands meetings. He didn't tell you about the backflip. The first thing we do is introduce new people. When they introduce him, uh, he like we, we tell facts about people and, and and one of the facts was, you know, Nicholas can can backflip. I was brought up on stage in front of everybody, was like, Nick, we hear you can do a backflip. And everyone was like, Can you do one now? Yeah, do it. So I had to do one in front of the whole company, and it was a little bit terrifying, but we got it, and we have it on video, and that's an animated GIF. Uh, but I remember that. I remember watching that from Ireland, and it was hilarious. But before the backflip could happen at the All Hands meeting, Nick had to fly from Denmark nearly directly on the other side of the world from Melbourne. He had to land here and then turn up to his first day at Envato. Um, well, I get in and I meet my manager for the first time. I was fortunate enough to be in the presence of a, a giant of managers when I first arrived here, an American man, William Herring, um, who came in and uh, welcomed me with a, with a hug uh, I'll never forget. And it was as if, you know, welcome home. And it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting thing when, when you when you really, really love what you do and you can have that sense of, of joy seeing your workplace. At that point, I was like, this is where, this is everything I've been working for to get here. And I'm so thankful that I finally made it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Scale Up from Launch Vic. This is the first episode in the third series, so settle in for what's ahead. In just a moment, we'll hear a preview for the next episode. But if you're enjoying the show, please share it with a friend and leave a review where you're listening. Launch Vic is Victoria's startup ecosystem development agency. If you're doing anything related to startups in Victoria, get to their site, launchvic.org or find them on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. If you're interested in working at a startup here in Victoria, LaunchVic also run Scale Up Careers, where you can find local jobs at growing companies, launchvic.org. On the next episode. 
And he said, this is going to take you 10 years. And we said, no, it's not. They might not even get a return on their time because of the amount of capital they've taken, if they're even still the founder. We're beholden to no one while we're frugal. Is the fact this really is like lightning striking. I'm Courtney Carthy. Thanks again for listening to Scale Up from LaunchVic.